the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. A little bit after 4 o'clock. Thank you for tuning in. Forecasts, uh, kind of a cloudy day with a little sun at times. We're eventually heading down to 42 Staying cloudy and looks like it's going to be just kind of cloudy for a few days, although warming up noticeably around 70, 72 over the next few days. Probably get a few showers tomorrow night into Saturday morning, maybe a few more showers on Sunday. We'll take it. We're eventually getting to that spring, uh, early summer weather. So we'll take that 70 degree mark. It's a nice number. Phil's uh, not a nice number. 15. How many runs they gave up last night? Lost to Washington 15 to 1. It was actually 15 to nothing, and the Phils managed to score one in the bottom of the ninth to avoid the shutout. Combined with the night before, when they were ahead 6 nothing and gave up 10 runs, that's 25 unanswered runs, as they say. I'm not sure the last time that's happened. I'm not, that's a very difficult thing to do. The good thing, though, even if you lose 15 to 1, it still is one loss. It may feel like two or three, but it is just one loss. They have the night off tonight, and then they'll try and get back on track tomorrow at Miami. Sixers won last night, beat Chicago 125-109, and they are home now as the regular season is done. The playoffs is coming Saturday, 2.30, Sixers and Brooklyn. Actually open up the entire playoff season. That's the first game on the docket. This hour, we're looking forward to a couple of special guests, Bishop Eric Lambert, who's the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Wincote. They have a couple of special things going on. They have a lot of things going on in general, but it's coming Saturday. They have this uh, seminar called The Making of a Minister, and they also have, for the younger guys, a boys to men session, and they're back to back. So it can possibly work out where you would go for both, or you just go for the one that's appropriate to you. Details at BethelDeliverance.org. We'll talk with Bishop Lambert about that, and We'll also chat with a young lady named Mari. She is with season 16 of The Voice, a current contestant, had a good performance earlier this week and continues to advance into the uh, tournament, so to speak. Uh, We'll talk about her experience with The Voice as well as some other things like her background, which I will give you a small hint. She has her roots in the church, and so we'll talk about that a bit as well. Her name is, again, Mari, M-A-R-I. We also continue giving away Alistair Begg from Truth for Life's brand new book, Pray Big. If you want to win a copy, text me your first and last name to 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. And uh, we're drawing winners all month long, so get in the mix early and give you more opportunities to have your name drawn out. We actually had Pastor Begg on the program yesterday. One of the things we kind of talked about was the role that uh, people who went before us, grandparents, parents, uh, have prayed for us, maybe even now as well, people who are praying. And so I asked him what he would say to the rest of us as far as the importance of prayer and, and our role in uh, making sure that that's part of what we do. You know, you mentioned grandmother, grandfather. I just spoke at a conference in California in the last two or three months that was particularly for grandparents. And we were, in the course of that, reminding one another 
that especially if we have now retired from our uh, daily routine of employment, we have time on our hands. And the, the privilege of prayer and the responsibility that comes with that is something to be seized upon. It's not uncommon for myself as a pastor to hear somebody say, well, you know, in my younger days I was really able to do a lot, uh, but now the only thing I can do is pray, as if somehow or another that's, a, that's way down the totem pole of things. Mm. And yet when we read church history, we realize that you know, prayer has been foundational always, and understandably so, because uh, this is the way that God in the mystery of his purposes has chosen to work. People say, well, it's a coincidence, and yet you say, well, it's amazing how many coincidences there are directly related to prayers. So I want to say to people, you know, uh, prayer, you know, prayer is the work, and if you like, preaching is just gathering up the results. And so when people, when people come to me and they say, you know, I pray for you on a daily basis or a weekly basis, then it means everything. And, and who knows what, what would my children would be like were it not for the faithful prayers of so many. That's Alistair Begg on the Tim DeMoss Show yesterday afternoon. You can get the full podcast of that program at WFIL.com. Just click the podcast tab and drop down menu. It says Tim DeMoss Show. You can grab that one and all the other ones, too. Have fun. Speaking of prayer, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Let's do this one here as we get the show rolling. Let us pray. WFIL. I hear you say your heart is aching. You've got trouble in the making. Love that song. Stephen Curtis Chapman, let us pray. Don't forget, first Thursday of every May, the National Day of Prayer. This year, it's Thursday, May 2nd. The theme is Love One Another. It's a pretty good theme. Nationaldayofprayer.net for more info. You can also email WFO's own uh, Mary Campbell at marypray at verizon.net. She's heavily involved in that in the tri-state area. Take a quick break. Come back at you with Mari from The Voice on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. The Tim DeMoss Show rolls along. Thank you for listening in. Quick reminder for you, this coming Wednesday, the 17th of April, just six days from now, Breakthrough comes to a movie theater near you when Joyce Smith's son falls through an icy lake all hope seems lost but Joyce refuses to give in Breakthrough reminds us that even when facing impossible odds faith and love create a mountain of hope and sometimes even a miracle it's based on an inspirational true story you can find out more online at BreakthroughMovie.com we actually had a special screening of this just a couple of nights ago And again, it's in theaters. Breakthrough is Wednesday, the 17th of April, just six days from now. Breakthrough, a movie that could resurrect your faith and point your friends toward the God of miracles. We continue our program, as I mentioned before the break there, with someone who is currently on season 16 of The Voice. And her name is Mari. Hi, Mari. Thanks for checking in. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How much fun are you having? 
so much fun, man. So much. <laughs> it's nice to make your acquaintance. I uh, I read that part of your early um, musical background had to do with uh, singing in church. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a, a little bit about your your. I have five kids, and they all sing around the house, and sometimes at a worship band at church. So I'm just curious about your background when you started singing and and how you started to get into it more uh, officially, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. So uh, both of my parents are worship pastors. So when I was younger, probably about 13 or 14, I believe, uh, they went ahead and had me start singing on the praise and worship team, um, which was super awesome for me. It helped me a lot with my performance skills and and that kind of thing. But that's when I started singing, like, pretty actively in the church, at least, every single week. Other than that, I had done, like, different local churches, like solo-type selections, that sort of thing. And then from that point, though, I've, I've just stayed on the praise and worship team. I've, I've done that kind of thing. And then um, on the side, I kind of got into some of the pop and indie music and R&B and different stuff like that. So I write a lot of that as well and kind of try and combine those influences. And uh, so now we're here. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And is there was there a point at which you started to feel like this could become a little bit more than something I enjoy doing, uh, you know, our, our kids are into sports a lot. And sometimes you say, well, when does it, when does a baseball player, for example, know he thinks he may have what it takes to make a run at being professional? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up in such a musical family um, and I've been very lucky to have parents that never like pushed anything on me. They didn't necessarily like force me into music or anything like that. I, I decided I wanted to do that on my own and because of my own love for it. But I've always known that I, I wanted to perform. I wanted to create music for people and I didn't know how, but I just knew that that was definitely my calling. So, you know, just kind of being in church and being able to perform and realizing how much I loved, like, feeding off the band and, and performing for people and ministering and different stuff like that, that really kind of just, it clicked, for sure. Even though I always knew it, it wasn't until I really started doing it, like, you know, somewhat frequently that I was like, wow, like, I really, this is definitely what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I love to do. Hmm. That's great. I, I, are you doing? Uh, are you studying or do do any musical, you know, academies or or college studying and that sort of thing or uh, studies wise? I don't actually. Yeah, I um I ended up going to cosmetology school. Okay, um, and that was kind of like my my backup thing because I loved the beauty industry. Yeah, I was working at a salon. I was doing makeup there and stuff. And while I loved that, I kind of just felt like I was like I really want to get my music going. I really want to get out there. I you know, I don't know where to start. I've been writing music with my boyfriend, and he's been helping me out a lot. But I was just like, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. And then the voice happened, and I was just like, well, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to take a stab at this. And it worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I was dropping my daughter off at school this morning, and I was mentioning I was going to be talking with you today. And she's like, oh, I should try that. I said, well, I think because like, she's like, I never really understood how it works. She's 15. She started singing John Legend in the car. And I'm like, I think you should try it because yeah. the open call, right, is the first step where someone, if they ever wanted to try, just anybody can try. And then how, what's the process from there, just for people listening and how the voice works? Yeah, so you would just go to a, an open call type thing. Um and then whoever gets through from that, you usually go to, like, uh, a bigger type callback sort yeah. of thing. There's less people, obviously. You do your callback and then usually come back up for another <laughs> audition that's a little bit higher up than that. Yeah. And then if you make it through that kind of thing, then you go ahead and, and go through the process of preparing for your blind auditions and, and different stuff. Chatting with Mari from The Voice, currently competing in Season 16. We'll continue our chat in just a moment. 
A couple quick notes for you. We continue giving away the new book by Alistair Begg from Truth For Life. It's called Pray Big. Just came out yesterday. If you want to win a copy, send your first and last name and the words Pray Big to 610-500-DOVE. That's our text line, 610-500-3683. We'll announce a winner coming up in a little bit. We also are making winners all month long. So the sooner you get in the mix, the more opportunities you have to get your name kicked out. Also, something just of note, if for those who are thinking about going to the Creation Festival, we have creation tickets on our website at WFIL.com at a discount. So, uh, and it's enough of a discount, you really should look into it. We probably only have a couple dozen left. We had a lot more than that. They're almost all gone. If you're thinking of going to creation, just to want to put this in here, I've been meaning to talk about this, go to WFIL.com and look for that in the uh, Philadelphia Discount Shopping Club area. I think the tickets we have are going for 75 bucks, and they are a bit more than that right now. All right, fair enough. There we go. <laughs> Got an entry coming through. Back in just a moment with more with Mari from The Voice on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com, Tim DeMoss Show. That's what you've stumbled across. Thank you for doing so. You can catch podcasts of this fine broadcast, by the way, anytime at WFIL.com. And if you're enjoying the show, feel free to let a friend know about it. We're looking forward to having Bishop Eric Lambert, the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Winco, joining us in just a little bit. We have a couple special events going on this weekend. One's called The Making of a Minister, and the other one's called Boys to Men. That's a session that help young guys grow in God's ways and uh, think through things and very practical hands-on stuff. So we'll be chatting with Bishop Lambert about that. But we are glad to continue our conversation in the meantime with Mari. She is a current contestant on season 16 of The Voice. Now, I know a lot of folks don't know exactly how everything works, what comes first, what comes second, and all that. But there is this point I think people are familiar with where you're out there. And uh, you have the four judges. You have Adam Levine, Maroon 5. You have John Legend, Kelly Clarkson, and Blake Shelton. Their backs are to you, and you start singing. And if one of the four you know, hears you sing as you start, and they want you on their team, they hit a button, and their chair flips around, and they look at you, and you finish the performance. And so some people get no chairs, and they're eliminated from the competition. Some people get one. Some people get all four. It just kind of depends. And then if you happen to get more than one, you have to pick who you want to work with. And the judges have fun with it and they make their case uh, about, you know, why you should work with them and all that. Right. So the other night you had three chairs, right? That, yes. Yeah. And so what, what led you to choose? Because you had fun with it. It really seemed like, you know, some of the contestants are, they're like, you know, really starstruck and they seem a little more nervous. And you seem to be like, I think I want to go with, you know. Yeah, definitely. So I have been watching this voice for a really long time. Um, and I grew up listening to a lot of Maroon 5, actually, so I already was a huge fan of him. I looked up to Adam yeah. uh, quite a bit. Um, and then from watching the show, I knew he was one of my favorite coaches. So I, I kind of had an idea that I wanted to pick him. Um, I was totally fine. Like, if I was lucky enough to get more than one chair, then I would definitely be willing to be swayed and that kind of thing. But um, I, I just, he is basically what I want to be hmm. in the industry, um, him and his band have been able to kind of create so many different styles of music and transition so seamlessly and, and not really fit in a box, which is what I want to be able to do. And so I was like, you know what, I really feel like that's 
the best choice because he's already doing exactly what I'm trying to do. That's so really... I, I want to be able to take from him and learn from him. Yeah, that sounds very well thought out. I could imagine be, being in the moment. Uh, it, you, but you seem very you know, even keeled. I'm going to guess that that comes uh, as rooted in your faith as far as how you can carry yourself in a calm way and, and enjoy the moment without being overwhelmed by it or awed yeah. by it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How would you feel uh, in terms of just stepping back from it and you're enjoying the ride and the process of it? Uh, have you thought a little bit about what you consider you know, success to be in, in terms of the, the voice experience and, and then beyond just ultimately trusting God's in charge of the yeah. whole thing, I guess, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm sorry, did I cut you off? No, you're good. No, no, no. I was, well, I was just asking you because everybody's got a different thing. Sometimes this is – I mean, stop and think about it. Look back on it. Some people, this will will be in their minds maybe the highlight of their whole lives. And you could be like the guy yeah. in uh, Napoleon Dynamite who's still living 30 years ago. Like you don't want to be the person, yeah, I was on The Voice one time when I was yeah. – you know. How about for you like in terms yeah. of the scope of your life if you thought a little bit about this is huge but not the end or not the uh, highlight? Yeah, definitely. So a big thing for me that I try to remember is just that no matter what happens, me being on the show for however long it is is already more than I've ever experienced. So regardless of if I win or if I don't, this is still such an amazing experience, and it's something that not everybody gets to have, and so I'm very blessed to have that. Um, But the biggest thing is, you know, if I don't win or, or something like that, it really comes down to what you are willing to do for your career. Um, for me, I mean, this is just a stepping stone for sure. It's giant, and it's huge, and it's the biggest thing that has ever happened. But if you really want a career in music, you, you have to put in the work and you have to do what you need to do to make that happen. So winning or not, I'm just going to basically go out there and just start creating, start creating that music and getting it out there and, and doing whatever I have to do to, to continue that dream pretty much. Sounds like a lot of wisdom. Yeah, that's great. And you had fun with your wardrobe, too. I'm sure you're going to get asked about that, but that's, yes. that's sort of fun, Sadie. In fact, I think Kelly was like, and you're cool, too. <laughs> How'd that feel to have that kind of a reception from the the, the uh, coaches? They really seem to appreciate your style. Yes, definitely. That's fun for me. I love that. <laughs> yeah. is that. Is that common for you to just to do different things and have, you know, bold statement, different styles for you? Yeah, I'm very heavily into fashion and makeup and hair and all that stuff. I love all of that. So I always like to stand out as much as I can. I like to be different. I like to style stuff that maybe other people wouldn't wear or whatever. So um, to have them acknowledge that part of it was really cool because I love that. That's really fun for me. I love being able to express myself in that way. That's great. Well, God bless you. And you're a Florida girl. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My son goes to school in West Palm Beach and my parents lived there for a number of years. We have family. It used to be in Naples. Awesome. and uh, Yeah, so we get down there every once in a while. Good. Well, God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for taking time to chat with us today. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Mari from Season 16 of The Voice, a current contestant. We may talk to her again if she advances further in. Hopefully she will. In the meantime, a big high five for Valerie in Philadelphia. Valerie texted in because she wanted to win a copy of Alistair Begg's Pray Big. It's a brand-new book. He, of course, with Truth For Life, the program that follows this one, and uh, he uh, released this book yesterday. We had a nice, good conversation with Pastor Begg on the show. You can get the podcast of that at WFIL.com, by the way. Uh, let's give you a little sample of that. One of the things we talked about uh, had to do with just stepping back from yourself, from your prayer life, and, and taking an objective look, thinking about who do I think I'm talking to anyway, the, the, who am I praying to, the character of the person I'm praying to, and and what am I saying? 
when I talk to God? What's coming out of my mouth? And that tells you something about, you know, your whole approach to prayer. And this is what Pastor Alistair Begg had to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I would have to say for me that, that prayer, both in public, in terms of one's responsibility in praying for and with the congregation on a Sunday-by-Sunday basis, and privately in the secret place of our own lives, prayer, I think, is the greatest challenge of all. It's a much greater challenge to, to lead the congregation in prayer than it is to lead them in, into the Scriptures. Why would we be surprised about this? Well, because, you know, as the old hymn writer puts it, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest, uh, the weakest saint upon her knees, you know. Hmm. Uh, therefore, he, he is avowedly committed to cutting, if you like, the line uh, between God in his magnanimous availability and myself in my needy helplessness. So he comes to us and he'll either say, you know, there's no point in mentioning this to God because... And we have to tell him, no, Satan, you've been a liar from the beginning. And God has made it clear to me that if he, if he gave up his only son, how will he not also then, with him, freely give us all things? And what are these all things? Well, they're all the things that are beneficial for us, but ultimately that we might be conformed to the image of Christ. And so if I have nothing else to pray, I could pray, you know, Lord, com- complete your purposes in me and, and through me. That's Alistair Begg on the uh, Tim DeMoss Show yesterday. You can get the full podcast of that program at WFIL.com. Congratulations again to Valerie in Philadelphia who texted in and wins a copy of Pray Big. But Valerie's not the only one who's going to win. We have more copies to hand out. So get yourself in the running once more uh, just to give you the note uh, that you should text your first and last name and the words Pray Big. Nice and simple. To 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-DOVE. 3683. And since we're making winners all month long, the earlier you get yourself in the mix, the more opportunities you'll have to have your name drawn out. We'll take a short break. We're just moments away from Bishop Eric Lambert joining our program. Bishop Lambert is the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Wincote. They have a couple of very special events coming up this weekend. We'll chat about that. And I'm sure we will get some good wisdom just about life and walking with the Lord. Bishop Lambert also hosts the program Climbing Higher, which precedes this one. Hang on for that in just a moment. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. The Tim DeMoss Show rolling along. We're going down to about 42 tonight with cloudy skies. Staying kind of cloudy tomorrow right through the weekend, even through Monday. But at least it warms up. May get to 70 or so tomorrow, 72 or so over the weekend. Might get a few showers along the way, probably overnight from Friday into Saturday, as well as sometime on Sunday. Phil's lost 15-1 to Washington last night. They'll try and shake that and get back at it tomorrow night when they're at Miami. Sixers beat Chicago 125-109. They're home 2.30 Saturday afternoon against Brooklyn to open up the NBA playoff season. We are pleased to bring along now Bishop Eric Lambert. He is the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Wincote. He also hosts the program Climbing Higher, which airs right before this one. Hello, sir. How are you? 
I'm well, Tim. How are you doing? Wonderful. You know, you provide a nice lead-in right into the show itself, climbing higher, 3.30 to 4 every day. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you en- you enjoying doing the program so far? Yes. Yes, it's a lot of fun. And I, well, I remember, a lot of fun. I remember, I think August 6th was your first date for climbing higher last summer because that's my daughter's birthday, so it sticks in my brain. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember we had the privilege of having you in studio uh, last fall and wanted just to chat with you for a few minutes today about the upcoming weekend. You have several things going on. Uh, first and foremost, the Making of a Minister uh, event. Yes. Maybe you could yeah, share a little bit about what that's all about. Yes, we had discovered that there were many people entering ministry without um, any type of connection to others. You know, we support the uh, theological training, but theological training doesn't solve all the issues. It gives you a tremendous amount of information, but then there are ministerial connections that need to be made. So my co-host, Pastor Brian Weatherspoon, and I, we meet with the ministers and we talk about a lot of different issues to help them with their ministerial agenda, um, to focus on specific areas of teaching and preaching, and building relationships and networking that's so important to being a successful minister. That sounds. I was going to ask you because I would think maybe a couple misconceptions of what a minister is. Maybe you could share what sometimes people think it is, maybe just the, the solid theology part of it, which is important, but... They, they maybe neglect some of the other, what does it look like? How do you relate to the people in the congregation? How do you, you know, take care of the of the overall church? Would you say yeah, that? Yeah, that's that, true. Is that part of it? Yeah, that's part of it as well. Um, we, we focused on the passage when the Lord said to uh, Moses that Aaron and his sons were to get dressed in their priestly garments and minister to him. And from that, they were developing the, the ability to minister to the people. And what we discovered is that there are a lot of people in ministry who really spend no uh, significant time with the Lord. And it's difficult to minister to God's people if you don't first minister to the Lord. And so in our time together, we talk about how that looks. What does it mean to sit before God until he begins to reshape your responses, till he begins to deal with you on a different level? So when you stand before his people in whatever capacity it is, uh, you'll be doing it with more of his guidance than our own. Bishop Eric Lambert, kind enough to chat with us for a few moments. He's the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Wincote, also a ministers through the radio program Climbing Higher, which you can check out every weekday from 3.30 to 4 on WFIL. If folks go to the website, they will see that Bethel Deliverance has a lot going on. And I thought I would ask you to kind of piggyback off what you just said. What have you learned over the years about how to continue to wait on God at times where a lot's happening? So in some ways, you just kind of want to make sure everything gets taken care of and nothing, nobody drops the ball. And you, you can become very busy, busy, busy rather than dwelling and waiting like you were referring to. One of the things that I've uh, noticed in my ministry is that I've begun to separate myself from more of the administrative duties. Uh, I now operate as a vision caster. I sit with the staff. I give them direction, and then I allow them to do their jobs while I continue to sit before the Lord, Mm. because it doesn't help the leader 
if they get caught up in the mechanics and they miss the anointing and the time that's necessary to sit with God. Uh, and I try to encourage pastors now that as they get started, it's not easy when you, when you get started because your hand has to be in many things. But at least begin the discipline and the practice of utilizing the help that the Lord sends you, and that way you won't have such a high rate of burnout. Yeah. Do you find that that, that message needs to be um, – I can see how a well-meaning even individual who genuinely cares about how everything's going could kind of feel like they need to be in touch with everything – uh, not even in a bad way, like not saying if someone's a control freak or something or whatever, but just they kind of feel they want to identify with everybody. But there's a point at which probably you would just – that's just not possible mathematically or, or energy-wise, and there's only so much of you to go around. Yeah, that's true. The pastor has to realize they can't pastor the whole church. They have to pastor a group. In my In my world, I pastor my leaders, my deacons, my elders, my ministers – and then release them to carry out those directives. It is not possible for me to pastor everyone. And I have a sign in my office that says, God has not called me to minister to everyone, but he has called me to ensure that everyone receives ministry. Hmm. And so I have to begin to do what Jethro told Moses, look out among the congregation and begin to incorporate those gifts and those individuals who stand in leadership, then I pastor them. I sit with them. I pour myself into them. I constantly bring them in for mentoring sessions so that when they stand before the people, we're all on one accord. We're all pulling in the same direction. And I found that to be very beneficial in the last 10 years, especially. This coming Saturday, uh, Making of a Minister, that's part of what's happening. It's, I guess it's a couple of hours. It's, uh, it's not, so it's, uh, people don't think it's the entire day, but they could still come. And uh, what kind of person would come? Is someone who's already an established minister somewhere versus uh, someone who thinks about becoming a minister one day and they're just exploring the idea? How would you, what would yeah, you recommend? It, it, it goes from 10 to 1. And it uh, it talks to all ranges. If you feel a, a a pull to ministry, if you are in ministry, if you're contemplating it, if you're if you're sensing that unique pull of the Holy Spirit into service, then you're welcome to come because the theme is the making of a minister, yeah. and everything starts with um, the tools that God gives us to make us, and those tools are patience holiness, humility, you know, those are the types of things he uses to make us, because those are the things that do not allow for arrogance and pride. Hmm. You can go out to school and get a, a degree in theology, and you can start getting a swelled head. But when you survive tribulation and trials, and the Scripture says tribulation works patience, it's very seldom do you see somebody survive tribulation and come out with a swelled head because they know that it was the Lord that brought them out. Bishop Eric Lambert, the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Wincote, our guest on the Tim DeMoss Show this afternoon, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com, also featured on the uh, Climbing Higher broadcast, which airs right before this one, 3.30 to 4 each weekday. And, you know, uh, I remember when uh, we had you in studio last fall, you mentioned there was one aspect of it, uh, how how there's the uh, the notion of being attached, right? There was a uh, the blessing doesn't come independent as an island, but the notion of having a, a mentor, having someone connected with you also. 
Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I believe that there should be connection for a couple of purposes. One, horizontal accountability. Just as David had Joab, we all need someone in our lives that can tell us, hey, wait a minute, you're going a little bit off course here. Get yourself together. Time to take a break. You know, rethink your direction. The individual that has no accountability uh, will usually be the person who is left to interpret Scripture all of their own accord. And in many cases, as the Bible says, no Scripture is of its own private interpretation. And our, our history in church is that those who lack any type of accountability, we find they usually are the ones who are on the newspapers and mm. in the magazines as having some sort of moral breakdown. You know, not in every case, but in many cases. But if we have someone who can sit down with us and say, hey, you're going off, you're not, you're not doing what the Scripture says. I often tell Bethel, I have three men in my life that uh, I'm accountable to, and I tell the church who they are so that they will know if I ever start acting improper to call those men. And those men have the right to speak to me pastorally, and do and administer the discipline that's needed for the moment. Well, yeah, I remember you had said that there was a there was someone specific. You, I forgot his name, but you mentioned how uh, the accountability uh, aspect of it, making sure that you're above reproach, was so important. And, yes. and he passed away, yes. right? And the, but, but you know, no no sense of scandal, no anything. What was that story again? I'm trying to remember. That was my pastor. Yeah, yeah my pastor. Uh, in 40-some years of ministry, when he went home to be with the Lord, he had no scandal at all. Nothing, you know, no one said anything improper about him. And he passed that on to us, his sons. And then there are three men that are they're still here by the grace of God that I've submitted myself to because mm-hmm. I don't want to be a public success and a private failure. You know, I want my life to be clean so that the Lord will take pleasure in my offering of service. And I believe that the only way that can really be effective and continuous is if there's someone in my life that I can turn to for comfort and counsel and direction. Amen. You know, even the lawyer says the the person who represents themselves in court has a fool for a client. <laughs> and, you know, as a pastor, if a pastor doesn't have a pastor or some other ministerial uh, mechanism that will help them when they feel overwhelmed, because temptations will come, trials will come, and I believe we'll all have an Elijah moment, we'll have a Jonah moment, where we just feel like giving up, and we feel like, hey, you know what, this is just too much. I'm going back to my old way of living things. And there are times when we're tempted to build a golden calf, but with someone else in your life, you can turn to that person and say, hey, I need prayer. I need you to talk with me. I'm caught up in this thing, and I need I need to get out of it. Would you, would you talk with me? Would you pray with me? And that's one of the things we discuss in the making of a minister, that you're not an island. You're not an island. Bishop Eric Lambert, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Again, he's the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Winco, PA. A couple of special events this uh, weekend going on. You can find out more about that. BethelDeliverance.org. Back in just a moment with more on Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. 
Quick note for you, this coming Wednesday, the 17th of April, Breakthrough comes to a movie theater near you. When Joyce Smith's son falls through an icy lake, all hope seems lost, but Joyce refuses to give in. Breakthrough reminds us that even when facing impossible odds, faith and love create a mountain of hope and sometimes even a miracle. Based on the inspirational true story, Breakthrough is a movie that could resurrect your faith and point your friends toward the God of Miracles. Again, it comes out in theaters this coming Wednesday, April 17th. You can get more info at BreakthroughMovie.com. Continuing our conversation with Bishop Eric Lambert, the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Winco, PA. Also on the program, Climbing Higher, 3.30 to 4 o'clock each weekday, the program that precedes this one. Yeah, you were mentioning that the, the uh, I was thinking the, um, some of the things that we would get into on the, the uh, making of a minister this Saturday, but... It, and then beyond that, um, I know you have a little something coming up for the maybe the ministers of the future, right? You have a, a boys to men play on words uh, yes. <laughs> session yes, happening. Yes, we have a we have a program that we've titled Boys to Men, and the goal is uh, to take young men and help them to learn the principles of the Word of God, so they can become godly men, and secondly, to help them set plans to become effective leaders in their communities and families. So what we're doing is we're going to introduce them to various business executives. We have people coming in from the FBI, from the Philadelphia Eagles, the 76ers, military representatives. And we're going to teach these young men, uh, even the banking industry, we're going to set up accounts so they can learn how to save. They can learn proper use of credit. Uh, And some we may even have to teach how to shave and how to take care of themselves because it's time for these young men who are of the next generation to begin to learn the principles of God as well as how to be effective as a man. That's really neat. That's this coming Saturday as well. So the making of a minister is 10 to 1, and then I think you just walk across the hall or walk to go downstairs. That's right. I go upstairs. <laughs> yeah. For the Boys to Men session, and that also open to those who'd like to come and just uh, learn some of those things you're talking about. Is this Boys to Men session something that you do intermittently every now and again, or— we do it every month. Okay. Oh, that's great. Every month we do it. Yeah, we tell the mothers, we tell the fathers they can stay with their sons. And we sit around the table and we mm. talked about careers. And we tell the mothers to drop them off and let us have them for the two hours. Yes. And then come back and get them because sometimes we want to discuss things that moms really don't want to let their boys go into. They're afraid, you know. Sure. But, um, you know, we still want that father there. We want that masculine link. And it's been effective. The boys are opening up. And this session, we're going to talk about what it means to be a man of God. And uh, hopefully that foundation will then segue into the other guests that we have coming and I'm looking forward to it. I really am. They're all free. Everything is free at Bethel. Um, and we just want people to come and give us those young men, have the ministers come and learn and connect. And we just look for the Lord to just bless our time. Amen. That's Both of those are this Saturday. More details, BethelDeliverance.org online. Uh, two last things for you. I know you've got plenty going on. Just on the making of a minister of thought again and the accountability topic we were talking about. Do you have any wisdom or insight on what would go if someone says, you know what, I'm willing to be accountable to somebody. Is there anything to look out for as far as finding someone uh, who would be that accountability partner or several people that you, you've found is good to check out and look for? Yeah, I think that you need to find someone of, of integrity, somebody who you can look up to. 
um, not necessarily somebody that you can go and, you know, play tennis with all the time, maybe every now and then, but you need to have this person. They need to be seen. Like when I was in the Marine Corps, our officers, they didn't eat with us. They didn't, you know, they didn't hang with us because their position meant that they might have to make a decision that might cost us our lives. Mm. And so there was a separation between enlisted men and officers. And I think that when you look for someone to have that accountability or relationship with, it should be someone who spends time with the Lord but doesn't want a Lord over you. You know, okay. They're not into every area of your life. They're not telling you don't go to the movies and stuff like that. But it's somebody who you can speak with that may say, hey, I think, you know, you're, you're, you're going down this path. You've looked at this scripture and so forth and so on. But it should be somebody of good integrity who is humble, who uh, knows the word of God, who knows God, but doesn't want to lord over you, just want to help guide you. And even someone, it sounds like you're saying, should be close enough to talk with you, but also in a way that a little distance might be helpful that yes. it's so they don't, they're not just buddy, buddy, I, you're probably fine. Yeah, I'm fine. Yes. See you later. Yes. Cause <laughs> I don't talk to my guys. I don't talk to them often. You know, yeah. I don't, um, just enough that I let them know what's going on. Um, and, and when I, when a situation comes up and I feel overwhelmed, I go to them and the first person I look at is myself. You know, and I say, okay, Lord, where am I missing it? And it's very difficult to hear from God when the lines of communication are crowded by your own self-approval. Hmm. You know, because then you judge everybody else based on that. So I sit with my brothers and say, look, am I wrong when I say this? Am I wrong when I do this? Or this pressure is on me. And I don't like bringing those things home. Uh, to my family. I, I really don't. I try to keep that type of stuff away from my wife because, you know, wives are on the side of their husbands. I might need somebody to be uh, objective and say, yeah, you know, this is that and this is this, but uh, move forward from there. Yeah, that sounds very wise, very wise. The last question I have for you as we uh, wrap up our time with Bishop Eric Lambert, who's the founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Wincote. You can also listen to the program Climbing Higher every weekday, 3.30 to 4 on WFIL. If people, again, go to BethelDeliverance.org, they will see not just about making up a minister this Saturday, not just about the Boys to Men session, which follows, but also that there's just a lot happening. And one thing that stands out on the calendar as I look through it was the fact that there's prayer pretty much every single day. Of, yes. uh, and not just like a, a once-a-month prayer meeting or a Sunday night every quarter, but it's, it seems very, very integral to everything going on, not a coincidence, I would say. That's, that's correct. I take it personally when Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. And that's what we want it to be. We have uh, early morning prayer, midday prayer, evening prayer. We have men getting together every Saturday. The women get together every Saturday. Family prayers. We, everybody has to pray. Our young people are being taught how to pray. And they get opportunity to stand on Sunday and pray. So we want people to understand that prayer is the lifeline to God, and it keeps our minds filled with his thoughts. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, and thank you for taking time. And we will pray for you to keep uh, you know those things that you share with us, including that balance with family and, and uh, with the relationships you have there at uh, Bethel Deliverance. So keep up the good All work. All right. All right. Thank you very much, brother. All right. God bless you. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bishop Eric Lambert, founding pastor of Bethel Deliverance International Church of Wencote, kind enough to spend some time with us today. Also host that program right before this one, 
climbing higher. BethelDeliverance.org for more info, including their Making of a Minister event this coming weekend and their Boys to Men session as well. Going to turn things over now to Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries. I'll lead in prayer next. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.